Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. As promised, another collaboration with Sports Card Therapist. We had a good time putting this one together, so I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here we go. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Card Therapist and Sports Card Lessons bi-weekly collab. My name is Rob, your Sports Card Therapist. I'm Ken Karens, Sports Card Lessons. <laughs> How's it going, man? Actually, I should say Big Ken, right? Big Ken. Big people, Ken. people are like, yeah, I, Ken, I was looking all over for you at the show. What are you, like 6'4", 6'5"? like, no. <laughs> All, all six eight of me right <laughs> uh, yeah man so this is i believe our maybe third week in a row doing the bi-weekly collab but i mean we've probably we probably have at least 15 or 20 episodes under our belt just in total right yeah absolutely yeah over the over the course of my two seasons and your three seasons and i'm on my collab fourth, by the way i'm on my fourth i believe oh you're on season four I'm on season four, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to look up in real time because, like I always say, we don't really do much prep for this. Um, mm -hmm. So Monday, I dropped episode 166 with Dinged Corners uh, with Sports Car Dad. So this is episode 167 for me. And then for you, it's what? Um, for me, it is episode 83. Okay. Nice man, good yeah, stuff. Good Eighty-three, stuff. yeah, because I, I I hit eighty-two episodes. I couldn't believe it. I talked about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. closing in on a hundred fast. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like let's just jump right into Hofstra. Um, Adam Sandler was there. I was not. You were. Yeah. Um, and, and Adam hanging out. <laughs> apparently, you guys. Adam bought you dinner. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hung out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was kind of cool. You know, you, you would think, and, and, and I said this uh, on my podcast this week, but uh, you you would think that him being there and the camera crews and everything, it was really going to muck things up, right? I mean, because you know Hofstra, the the aisles are so thin. They they have that one area for the autographs, and they have great people in their signing so that area was completely packed with people so and, in your uh, opinion like you were you would have thought that them being there him him his film crew being there would have totally screwed everything up and turned it into chaos because there's already the place is always mobbed with no yeah, room yeah yeah and, and when i tell you that place is mobbed you know and you know where we set up and you got to oh, go to the bath you got to go to the bathroom you don't want to leave your table because there's constant people there and then you're trying to push through people just to get through you know to the bathrooms over there so it's, when, 20, it's, it's almost like a 20 minute venture to go to the bathroom and <laughs> yeah. back when in reality it's probably only like three to four hundred feet from you kid i was like oj simpson 
<laughs> just banging through people, just ro- ro- you know, trying to get through and get back. Yeah. Listen, um, if you would have told me you were going to make an OJ Simpson reference on this podcast, <laughs> I would have thought you were full of it. But uh, I tell you, man, you really know how to slice things up here. Um, so moving. Yeah. So Hofstra, good show. Um, any any significant pickups, any pickups for the PC or is it really just inventory? Uh, yeah. Like I picked up uh, a bunch of cards that I immediately put in my case. It was a reminiscent of of national last year when you're buying cards, putting, you know, repricing them, putting them in the case and they're selling almost immediately. Um, so yeah, I went back, I, I realized I picked up eight cards and out of the eight cards I picked up five, I sold, you know, I sold right back off, uh, and, and three I hung on to, but I hung on to, I could have sold those cards, but I hung on to them. Uh, being pretty firm on the comp, on the price I wanted to sell it for, because there were cards that I knew are going to gain in price over the next few months. So I, it wasn't like a big deal. Like if somebody really wanted the card, I would have sold it to them at, you know, at comp, but I wasn't going to let it go uh, underneath. Um, and I picked up, yeah, I picked up, you know, some PC cards. Um, so I picked up a, a really nice uh, Brittany Griner, uh, it was 2016. It was the Olympic uh, Olympic autograph card. Uh, wow. So yeah, it was. It was. You know, it's funny, and I talk about this all the time. A guy comes up and he's looking. He says, "I said, hey, what's in the case?" And he says, "Nah, there's nothing in here you'd be interested in." I said, "You never know what I'd be interested in. Let me take a look, see what you have." And as I'm going through, going through, going, he goes, "See, I told you." He goes, "There's nothing but crap in there." And I get to the very last card, and it was the Brittany Griner card. I pull it out. I go, "Yeah, well, this is kind of a crappy card. You want to get rid of it?" <laughs> did you say that? I did. I did. What did he say? Did he start laughing? Yeah, he started laughing. I said, "What do you want he, for that?" He, he goes, "Well, you know. knew that's a good card, right? Like he 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 probably knows what he has, right? You don't just you don't accidentally pick up a Britney Griner card, you know. So so the person that has that, they know what they have. That old funny cliche saying, "I know what I have," yeah. but so yeah. you you got to know he knows it's a top NBA WNBA card at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And he said right away, it's a pop one. There's no comps on it. There's no comparison cards. There's no way to even even look up a comp. And so I tried to look one up anyways. And he had it on he had it on eBay for twelve hundred dollars, which I I mean, I he said, I had no idea what to ask for the card. So I just threw it up there and see if people would make make offers on it. Um, So so that's pretty cool. Right. Because what happens is you found the card. Right. He didn't show you the card on eBay. You went looking for comps. You find the card. Right. And talk about talk about participation is required here and really being thorough. So he pulls out the card. He's like, it's a pop one. There's no comparables, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you know what? You could just kind of be like, yeah, okay, I believe him. Seems like a trustworthy guy. Let's start negotiating. But you'd really have no idea what a starting point is. But since you're thorough, you take out your phone, you look it up, you look up comps, but you also see that the same card's posted for sale. And because you did that, he said, yeah, I mean, I just threw it up there. Who knows what? Who knows if I'll get an offer or not? So from there moving forward, you know that the value of $1,200 to him is ridiculous. So in your mind, you must be like, Hmm, I, I'm going to throw out an offer of 400. And and I have oh. no idea what, what it is you did, but, <laughs> but I'm just kind of imagining right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was interested in a Joe Burrow card. 
um, that I had in the case for 500. Uh, and um, we ended up making a deal where he gave me that card and $300 and took the Joe Burrow card. Now yeah. he started, he started with a one for one. He just felt that it should have been a one for one. And um, I just told him I, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there on that. And then he kind of thought about it and he said, let me think about it. And he moved away from the table. I helped somebody else. And he came back and he said, you make me an like, what do you think would be the best? And that was the offer I put out there. And he agreed. So to it. He gave that Brittany Griner card to you at a value of $200. Yep. Wow. Now let me ask you, um, what what were you into the borough for? Do you know? Uh three hundred. Wow. So, so I, you... I got I got the Britney for free. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I tell you, participation is required, man. And I know yeah. I've said this before, but it really feels like the student surpasses the teacher because I'm hearing that and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, and, like, and, I feel like if I would have made that deal, I would have, you know, I would have centered almost an entire episode around that deal. My, you know, my thinking, the psychology behind it, um, you know, the, the, the subtleties of, of just, you know, just kind of moving away from him and saying, you know, like, you know, I'm going to, I couldn't do that. And then you move your focus to another customer. Now, all of a sudden it's like in his mind, he's kind of like, Oh shoot. Like, I don't want to lose this guy's attention. I don't want him to, I don't want someone to come up and buy the borough card. So now it's really like the balls in your core. And it's not to say that you're looking to take advantage or anything like that, but you're just trying to get the card for as little as you can, because since there's no comps and there's nothing comparable, who knows what it's worth? I mean, it could yeah. be worth 50 bucks. I mean, we, yeah. I think we both know it's not worth 50 bucks, but you know, so it's not to say that you're not taking some risk there too, because I think there's always risk when you're buying a card. That's a comp uh, that's a pop one. And there's really nothing to compare it to. Like you're taking just as much risk as they are. Yeah. Uh, so two things on that, the risk that I'm taking, I don't care because it's gone into this case behind me and it's not leaving. It's not like a card I'm going to be bringing to a show and putting a price tag on. So I'm happy to have it. And two, that really started that whole deal. Actually, three things. That whole deal started, you know, whenever the Mohegan show was right, because here I was, you know, buying football out of people's cases there at the absolute lowest prices. Right. So people had, and you were there, you know, it, some people were coming with football and they did, we were, you know, trying to scoop or I was trying to scoop it up anyways um, on that. And three, I, I think having the room busy too, having a busy show where people are, you know, like if that was a slow show, he probably would have stood there and grinded with, you know, been grinding with, you know, this whole transaction out, you know, if it was slow, if nobody else was around, it would have been, let's go a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. But and I think the urgency, there was urgency because of the, because of the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Because there was somebody else there. I say, he said, let me think about it. I said, okay, you think about it. I'm going to help this person. And then I started talking to somebody else about something else. And I just saw him kind of go off to the side. And when I was done, he kind of jumped back in and said, okay, I I'm ready to make a deal. Like, you know, look, what can we do? And That's I cool. felt offering on a card that there's no comps on and probably I'm the only person in the room. I, I say that all the time, but I, maybe I'm not, but there's probably very few people that are going to be like, Oh wow. A Brittany Griner card. That's what I want to buy. It was I was just going to make that point. I was going to mm -hmm. say, I bet you're the only person in the room to 
either a comment on the card if he had a whole zion box there um or the first person to actually make an offer or say what are you asking for that right someone might comment on it because it's so niche but how many people actually inquired about it so but and and that's the thing right i i i love what you're doing and what you've been doing because if you're watching on youtube you can see it but i'll paint the picture if you're listening on podcast behind ken is a four row display case of all cards right and that whole bottom row is mike tyson the entire top row is random soccer i think all trinity rodman all trinity rogers so or rodman so that's that's uh dennis rodman's daughter yep. so the entire top row is trinity rodman then the entire second row is anna kornikova uh there yep anna kornikova a couple of her uh uh sophia smith rose lavelle um and then it looks like i'm seeing serena williams in the third you, you row. can see you can see britney that my britney card right there on the second wow. row yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the Brittany Griner. Yeah. So, so point and all the tennis, all that tennis, the all most of those cards are all PSA ten, right? Except for like all the tennis is PSA ten. You see Lady Gaga. I gotta, I gotta figure out which side I'm on right there. That's Lady Gaga there. She's the BGS ten pristine. You know, I, I put Mike, I put Mike in the case with all the beautiful women. <laughs> so yeah. So what I'm really liking about what you're doing, and I know we spent a lot of time talking about it, um, but I don't think we really kind of put a name to it. But it does seem like after a few years of of being like Ken, what's your PC? And you saying I don't know. It feels like your PC has really been uh female athletes mm-hmm. yep yep i mean it started really with the tennis um Kornikova, i remember you were getting yep. some of her cards early yeah and and um you know now and what it's been is really uh you know the soccer you know the uh, uh the women's soccer and the wnba cards you know i'm really getting into into both of those so and and it's nice for me that they're collectible, right? It's, I'm not, it, I like to go out and find them. I like to find that those diamond, like the, that needle in the haystack, like this guy showed up with, you know, just this one card in there. I found some other cards the same way, you know, that I talked about. Um, and I enjoy doing that. I enjoy looking for the cards and finding the cards. And it's completely separate than everything I'm putting in my cases. So I don't even have to like say, well, I PC this person, but I really want to put them in my case too. I'm not even, these aren't even cards that are coming to the show. They're staying here at home. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, man. That's great. And so, so I'm curious, and this kind of gets into our topic for the show. And I want to say shout out to Joey D, uh, Joey D's cards on uh, Instagram. He, you know, came up to Ken and I at the Springfield show and, and, you know, Ken and I are set up together and Joey D just starts talking to us and he was there for probably about a good half hour on and off, just kind of BSing. And, and, and Joey is someone that I've gotten to know, um, a little bit just from, you know, DMing and stuff like that on Instagram. And so, and it's, uh, yeah, on Instagram at Joey D cards, Joey D's cards, um, so he he just starts kind of firing off questions at us and one of them that stuck out was pretty cool but i wanted to expand on it a little bit he said he asked us well yeah i I guess we'll go with that question first he said 
if you could PC only one player, who would it be? So, and, and we both looked at each other and said, "This is probably going to make a make for a, a you know a great topic in our next episode." Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, if you could PC one person, who would it be? Um, I would probably say Mike Tyson. Tyson, yeah. Talk to me. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what collecting Tyson means to you. Um, you know, it's someone that I watched. Um, I, I don't want to say growing up, but I just watched when he was in his prime. Uh, I loved to watch him fight. I I loved watching him in the movies when he was done fighting in in the movies. And one of the neat things about collecting his cards is there's not a ton of them right there there's there there's just odd sets here and there of his that you really again like i talk about you really have to search for these cards and find them uh it's not like a like a quarterback it's not like a michael jordan card right or a patrick mahomes card where there's there's tons of these in every sets and you know that that a company like panini is putting out you know 30 different variations and all these different you know you don't find that with him it's it's his cards are tough to come by and and i enjoy looking for the the, the more the card the rarity of the cards i think yeah yeah and when he asked me that I thought long and hard and because I couldn't just come up with an answer right away. And what's funny is he actually, because he listens to the podcast, he actually guessed correctly what my initial guess was. And uh, that was Mickey Mantle. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about that, about why I click Mickey and uh, whatnot. But I said, you know what? That was my initial gut feeling. But now I'm leaning toward Eli because just it, it's so so you know eli's rookie year was 2004 i met my wife in late 2007 and three months later eli won his first super bowl mvp three months later and my wife just like me is like a diehard giants fan um we've gone to so many games over the years so many games um never missed a game on television once even when we've been in different countries we always find a way to watch the nfl games because in in every country we've been to there's you know there's like i guess what they consider an american bar and they show all the football games so mm -hmm. we make sure doesn't matter what time it is um but the name that came to me and that i settled on was Derek jeter if i collect only one player only one player and why would that be? And I think it's, you know, because baseball is baseball, you know, mm -hmm. and and Derek Jeter is someone that I just watched, you know, with my father from being, you know, a younger kid and, uh, and, and watching him win all those World Series games. But the crazy thing is, is I don't have really any decent Derek Jeter cards. So it was crazy. It hit me like a ton of bricks when he's like, who would you PC if you could only do one person? And then I finally was like, okay, I got it. Hmm. And when I thought about it, I'm like, but you don't even PC him now. So what, like, what, what's going on? Why haven't I, why haven't I taken the plunge? Yeah. I thought for sure it was going to be Hulk Hogan. 
I mean, when he said that, you never answered, and then you were you were like naming off a few people, and I would thought in my the back of my head, you know, I know you so well, right? I I thought for sure it would have been Hulk Hogan just because of you know you you being the Hulk Hogan super collector, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the reason why I didn't go with the Hulkster is because I basically got out of really watching him when I turned 12, you know, whereas Jeter, Jeter, literally, I was 12. <laughs> so it was like right around the same year. I was now maybe 13 Jeter's rookie year. So you know, I'd gotten to a point where, okay, I'm going into my teenage years now. And um, as much as I love Hogan, as as fun as he is to collect, um, you know, I just, as an adult, even as a teenager, I really have no, I guess, feelings toward him. So I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, with, with Mike Tyson, I remember having fight parties, right? You know. When he fight was party, so they were fight well, parties. You, you used to have to buy the fight. You used to have to buy those fights on pay per view. Oh right? yeah. Everybody'd come over at seven thirty, but the fight wouldn't actually start until midnight, right? So, uh, so back know. then, back then the fights were either twenty nine ninety five or forty nine ninety five. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think there were more than forty. They were close to fifty dollars. Yeah, we really yeah. we we didn't really have a way to cheat the system back then. Not like not like they do today. Then I think you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the UFC, the huge UFC events that happen like every two weeks on Saturdays, um, I think those cost like the big UFC events. I think they cost close to a hundred dollars to buy. Yeah, it's like ninety nine dollars or eight. That's yeah, because I I I remember I was when UFC first came out. I was watching the UFC, uh, and um, way back know, in the early two thousands. Yeah. Were you really? You were watching yeah, way back when it, when it first came out. I yeah. had, you know, I had a box that you could put on the TV and you could watch these things, you know. And then that's when, uh, what's his name? Um, I think Gracie was coming out, and Gracie was out fighting with like his white karate robe, and he would fight like boxers. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's kind of what UFC was like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I followed it probably you know, up until maybe 2010, 2012. Uh, and then I just felt that it was. Um, and again, here, here's an interesting thing. I, I, I seem to enjoy not, not the title fights, right? It was all the other fights because I just felt these were people just, you know, fighting for, you know, to be in the sport oh, yeah. where the title fights came out. There was so much hype around. It used to wait so long. Sometimes I'd fall asleep waiting for the, waiting for the, you know, the actual, you know, thing from, from the last fight to when the title fight was going to happen. It would take so long, but those, all those pre pre title fights that started at like seven, eight, yeah, nine, ten, Oh, I used to love watching those. And then I realized a lot of those, you could just, you didn't even have to buy the pay-per-view. You could watch them up to 10 o'clock, right? So then that's kind of what I started doing. And then, you know. So if you could only collect one sport, one sport, you can go back as far as you want. What sport would it be? Uh, I think for a sport, um, 
it would have to be football to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get, I get, it's interesting to say, I get the most enjoyment out of obtaining football cards, which is why I think I like this whole dealer thing and being, because I can acquire these cards and put them in my case and, you know, I keep acquiring them. It's like this, you know, you know, rinse, wash, repeat type, you know what I'm saying? It's, and I really enjoy that. You know, I love buying these cards as my PC, but if you took all the rest of the hobby away from me, right, would, where would I find these cards? You know, I, the, I, the, my PC is a product of me being in the hobby um, and being in the hobby, football, collecting, you know, we talk about collecting and you're talking about collecting and keeping. I'm talking about collecting and eventually selling, you know, buying, flipping, that type of thing. So, I mean, that's what, that's what, that's where, what, what I do in the hobby. So that's what I enjoy the most in the hobby. What about yeah. you? Um, you know, I think if I could collect only one sport, I would have to collect baseball. You know, it's like, I want to give it like a longer thought. But I'm like, no, it's got to be baseball. And I think it's because baseball has so many hundreds of sets and so many hundred, you know what I mean? Hundreds of players that I would love to start PCing. I would love to start a side PC of. You can't really, in my opinion, you can't really say that about football. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand it's because. Baseball is a lot older than football. It's a lot older than basketball, right? Sets were coming out very early, very early. I mean, the first real mainstream set came out in 09 and was coming out well before then. Those were the T206s. So I think I would have to pick baseball just because there's so many incredible sets. Yeah. And there's and so many. All the way back to, what, 18-something, right? Oh, yeah. The... yeah, late 1800s. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many, there's hundreds of just legendary players that if I said their name, you'd be like, yep, yep, I've heard of yep. him. Yep, yep, yep. And I think with, like I said, obviously baseball is a lot older of a sport, but I think that, you know, football and basketball, they just don't have the amount of recognizable names, incredible storied stories, and well-documented stories as baseball players. Yeah, but I th and I, and two, I think if you were a fan of the game, it's easier to oh yeah you know, to go back and yeah. you know if you took the whole hobby away from me and said, you know, you won't be setting up at shows, you won't be doing any of this anymore, just collect what you like, what what you really like. I would be back to the you know probably the women's soccer the, or the women's basketball. I mean that that's that's what I'd be in. But you know for me. You know, I, I love football. I watch football. I've watched it my whole life, you know, so um, I enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, not only the modern, but, you know, even the, well, I guess they're all kind of modern, right? How far do they go back? Yeah. But, um, you know, and, the, it's pretty ironic that you collect so many female sports players because doesn't Sherry limit the amount of female sporting events you could watch per week? <laughs> you won't like that. Absolutely not. I live in a house of all women. It, it, <laughs> even, even the dog's a female. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. So, um, all right. So, before we wrap up, Ken, Toronto Expo 
Tell me about that, man. Tell me what's going on there. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited. You, I've got you like, spreading your wings. You're traveling for shows now. I mean, yeah. I mean, like jumping on a plane type traveling. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you taking your jet, your private plane? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. my private jet. Yeah, I'm driving well, my D. It's driving it's myself down per se, but it's your family's. I know, and you know, so <laughs> you know. I'm driving myself down to New York to get on a down to uh you know the laguardia to get on a uh, on a plane down there but i'm excited i'm excited um um i've been to toronto many times so it's like not it's not like a new place for me to go but going to the card expo is my first time going there i'm very excited i've i've separated my cards uh you know i have my new zion backpack with the the you oh, know the smaller nice. box in it so I've got to put all my hockey cards in there. So yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. There's people that, you know, have been connecting out, connecting with me that, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, meet up out there, you know, through the podcast, things like that. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I like to meet new people. I like to travel and, and, uh, I'm going to be happy to get out there to see, you know, a show that's completely different to something I've never seen before yeah. because all the shows we do are, you know, mostly football and baseball um, cards. And here's we're going out. It's going to be 90 percent hockey. And one thing I didn't realize about the Toronto Expo is that the card show is actually set up on an ice rink. So, you know, <laughs> when you go there, it's you're good to go. You get your pair of skates, lace them up yeah. and uh, yeah. you're yeah. good to go. But I know you're going to be seeing uh friend of ours jeremy lee he's going to be up there so you're going to be seeing him um yeah. yeah man so any what's what's your big goal are you going in with a plan or what um i am going in i have a number of cards that uh i'll move that i would like to move uh and and we'll, we'll see what happens i mean i don't know i don't even know what to expect so yeah. um i i've got you know a, a small plan but you, you know, in this hobby, a plan is you need plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, right? Because until you show up and see what the vibe is and what's going on, you don't know. So I always talk about know the show. I have no idea what to expect here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. The, you know, the, the uncertainty, the not knowing what to, what's going to happen. So. And and you know what uh, the great American poet Mike Tyson once said about having a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, until what everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Is that, uh... yeah. So either when you, when you show up in Toronto, you're either going to get punched out by a Canadian thug, or or you're going to get punched in the mouth with the amount of hockey that you see, and you're going to be like, oh my god, I was not planning on picking up this much hockey just when I, just when i was halfway out they pulled yeah. me back in yeah. you know yeah. that's what's gonna happen with you and yeah. uh, going to toronto right as you're trying to trying to move you know a majority mm -hmm. of your hockey cards yeah and, and you know I'm, I'm always i'm always looking um and i say looking but i'm never really prepared because i've got you know, so many things invested in so many other cards, but I'm always looking for an Ovechkin Young Guns. You know, I'm always, whenever it pops up online and this and that, I always say, oh, and then I usually let it pass by. So, you know, if, if I was to pick up a card up there, you know, that may be the place to pick one of those cards up. Um, I mean, I would imagine going to Toronto, it's like the equivalent of, 
picking up a Tom Brady in Massachusetts at a, yeah. at a Massachusetts yeah. show. It's like, you know, you know, you're going to just have the run of the, just everything there is. Yeah. With hockey. I mean, I would probably leave if I went there. I'm not even a hockey fan. I would probably leave wearing a hockey jersey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And that was one thing I looked into too, because Toronto's in the playoffs. And I said, I said, is it possible that they're out there playing Saturday night that they could go catch a game, you know, but they're actually going to be uh, in Tampa on Saturday night when I'm there. You know what? Anytime I, I, I really travel, that's, I do the same thing. If I'm going to a new city, if I'm going to a different country, for sure. I'm always like, what sporting teams are there? Okay. What sporting events can I, yeah. Yeah. So when I, uh, when my wife and I went down to Key West, in 2014 uh we were down there for only probably like four or five days but i made sure to miami is like what two two and a half hours from key west i think so made sure to go to a miami heat game when i was down there really oh, wanted right. to see lebron and Dwayne wade and everything and mm. um so yeah you became a local <laughs> yeah 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 all right so ken it was a pleasure getting together with you once again um any final thoughts? How can people get um, get in touch with you? Uh, sports card underscore lessons on Instagram. Uh, sports card lessons on YouTube. You know, message me, reach out to me. I'm always available. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, sports card therapist everywhere you get your content. Ken, thank you very much, man. It's always a pleasure linking up with you. It was fun, Rob. Thank you. Enjoy Toronto. Thanks, buddy. All right. And don't forget, guys, take care of yourself and your collection. And take care of yourselves and everyone around you.